with. And, and they're incredible beings. But it only tells us about them in Isaiah chapter 6. And then there's archangels. And it's interesting that they're not mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, there's three that are mentioned by name. And they're kind of like those superhero angels. And there's Michael and, who can, and Gabriel who announced to Mary. And then the least of them is Lucifer, the one that fell. That was an angel that fell from heaven. He was kicked out and he likes to create havoc, but he was one of the archangels. In fact, it says that his, he was beautiful. Incredibly beautiful. And angels, you see them throughout the scripture doing lots of things. One of the things that fascinates me is they showed up to minister to Jesus. He did the fasting in the wilderness, and he wandered in the wilderness, and it says then angels came and ministered to him. And, it, and um, in Matthew twenty six fifty three, I think it is, it's, it's at the time when they're in the garden, and they're coming after Jesus to arrest him. And his disciples all stand up and want to help him out. And he says, don't you get it? I, I, I could call legions of angels, and they'd be here in a second. Don't you understand what I, what I can do? So angels are found throughout the scripture, and I want to just highlight a few of those for you so that you, you see what they're doing and why they're here and, and what their purpose is. And so if you look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Are they not all not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Did you inherit salvation? There's angels assigned to those that will inherit salvation. There's nowhere in the scripture it says that we have guardian angels. It's not in there. I looked for it. But it does say that there is angels on assignment for those who are heirs of salvation. And um, so they minister to us. And I happen to know that some of you make their job a lot tougher than others. I love Psalms 34, 7. It says this. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. And this psalm means a lot to me because I've experienced that. You see, I've never seen an angel, but I've experienced an angel. I've had friends that actually can see angels, but I have not. And we were on the road in Kentucky on a journey. We were on the interstate, and I was driving, and we were going fast, very fast. And a car was parked on the right-hand side of the road, and it went out into the lane and across in front of us. And I screamed at Mike. They're going to hit us, they're going to hit us, they're going to hit us, and they landed on the other side and stopped. And I wept. And my adrenaline just, because there was no way that our vehicles could not have hit lest there was an intervention. And in that moment, I knew that the angels of the Lord had encamped around about us and protected us in that moment and kept us from death or whatever. Did you know that there's a 911 angel verse? I didn't know that. 
if you look at Psalms 91, 1, 1, <laughs> this is what it says. And he, God, he will give his angels charge over you. He will give you angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. There are verses all through the scripture that talk about angels and what they do on our behalf. And I'm telling you that there, I believe there are angels all around you. All around you. Angels work in our world and in our lives in many ways. I remember one time at youth group. This was years ago. And um, we were in the basement of the Phillips campus and, and the kids were lined up across the front and I was going down the line. And I don't know why, but it was like I was the only adult there at that moment. And I was praying over the kids one by one. And I just had been praying over somebody and I looked up and one of the young men in the audience was literally shaking. And I'm like, what, what's the matter? What, what's going on? He said, there's this big guy with his hands on your shoulder. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking. And I know that they sustain us and they strengthen us, that angels are show up in our lives in places that we don't understand. And I was totally unaware that there was an angel present, but I believe that there's an angel present behind me this morning. Can you see him? I, I, I know that angels strengthen us, that they do things. The angels went and strengthened Jesus. And there are so many places in scripture where angels delivered people. Um, they provided food for Elijah on his journey to Mount Horeb. They appeared to Hagar and Ishmael when they were in the desert, dying of thirst, and they showed him a well. Elisha was shown a vast army. Elisha said, look at, look at, he could see angels and he could see this vast army when another army was approaching them. In Daniel, we see that he was thrown into the lion's den and the angel shut the lion's mouth. There was their intervention into our lives in ways and times and seasons. In the fiery furnace that we sang about this morning, the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king looks and he said, I see like a fourth man like an angel in your midst. It's amazing how in the Old Testament stories it seemed like it was everyday normal thing to see an angel. Maybe we're just not aware of who they are and what they're doing. I love it um, in the New Testament. An angel came and told Joseph to flee to Egypt. He warned him. Uh, when the apostles were arrested, they were arrested for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says an angel went in and opened the doors for them. And told them, go preach some more. And so they did. On a ship, Paul was sailing and um, an angel appeared to him and said, don't worry, you and everybody on your ship are going to be safe. You have to go. You have to do the things God's called you to do so you're good to go and I'm going to let everybody else be good too. And so we see this. All of them, and this is just a few. I mean, 
when you think of 103 encounters with people, how many I could have shared. And I didn't want to spend the time on that. I just want you to aware of how they showed up in the New Testament, how they showed up in the Old Testament, how that they did things in people's lives. And so I want us to look at Psalm 103.20. Listen to this verse. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word. Heeding the voice of his word. Verse 21 says, Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Here you see, what do they do? They heed the word of the Lord. They minister and they do whatever the Lord shows them to do. He sends them on assignment. They bring messages. They bring intervention. They bring deliverance. They brought all kinds of things in people's lives. The Lord directs angels to their assignments. And they obey his word. And they minister on his behalf. They do what he wants them to do. But my question to you this morning is this. What makes him send them out? What makes... God send angels out on assignment. I believe that Jeremiah 33.3 is the answer to that. I, I truly do. I believe this connection, the Lord has shown me this, and I want to show it to you in Scripture. In Jeremiah 33.3, it says, Call unto me, and I'll answer you. And then it says, I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You see... There's this divine connection between our prayers and angels' assignments. Your prayers actually, I believe, give them assignments. There was a prophet in, in the south. And I remember reading a story that he told about that he had encountered them angels and they, they said they were bored because no one ever gave them jobs to do. And I thought about that. And I thought about the fact that what are we actually praying for? What are we believing God to do in our nation, in our world, in our lives, in our kids' lives, in our parents? Whatever area you're talking about, what are we proclaiming? What are we declaring? What are we speaking and I would challenge you with that. Call unto me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you these great and mighty things. Think about your, your country and your prayers. Are there more negative things going out of your mouth or more powerful prayers going out of your mouth? What are you doing on behalf of our country? Are you moaning and groaning and being sad and weeping over our country? Or are you with great intentionality declaring what God's kingdom would come in America. That you would begin declaring things over our, our Congress and over our Senates and over our judges and over our, our representatives. Are you declaring the word of God over them? Are you speaking such things that God's sending angels on assignment all across the land because you are praying? What are your words? Are they weak or are they powerful? Are you praying scriptures over people? Are you believing that what God does 
says he will do. You see, I've been pretty astounded that I begin pretty brave, sorry, praying really strong prayers on behalf of my children and my grandchildren. See, I believe a grandmother's prayers are powerful. A mother's prayers are powerful. So I've been praying over them. And I pray protection over them. And then I believe that protection happens. I don't just ask for it wimpily. I, 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 I thank him. I thank him that his protection's going out. And I've gotten calls of how God's protected them. Because he, he hears my prayer and he wants to show me great and mighty things. And I pray over them that God would open and close doors because not all doors that are open are for them to walk through. And some doors need knocking down through the prayers of us. And sometimes I think that we don't understand the power of our words, the power of our prayers. And God wants you to know this morning that he wants you to pray in such a way that he can send out angels on assignment on your behalf. He wants to show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. Are you releasing the kingdom of heaven? You see, it says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Lord, let the kingdom of God come into Lighthouse Church. Lord, let the kingdom of God come into the White House. We release the kingdom of God into our White House. Do you pray believing that something's transpiring when you pray that? Or do you think that that's just words or sentences? You see, I believe that there's incredible power released when we pray and join with God in what he's wanting to do on the earth. And I believe that he stirs our hearts towards it. I don't always know what God is going to do, but there are times... When I pray with such authority over situations, I remember through the years, through the time that we've been struggling, I remember praying over John, praying standing, walking the floors, praying, declaring he shall live and not die, declaring the goodness of God over him, a healing. Do you, do you, Stand together with the kingdom of heaven and pray with authority on behalf of those you love. All of a sudden this week I thought, okay, I've had it. And so I began to pray over the gray household. I said, God, I pray that you would cover the gray household with a spirit of health. That there would be no sickness or disease that would come near that household. That you would cover it with your hand. And I begin to pray with authority over that. Are you praying with authority that God would send angels on assignment? What angels are covering the gray house now? Because I prayed. I pray believing that when I pray, something happens. You need to pray believing that when you pray, something changes. They aren't just words. That you have authority. You see, God give, gave us authority to pray in agreement with him. And I wanted to show you some, some verses, some crazy things. Um, I want you to look at Acts 12, 5 and 6. It's an interesting thing. Herod was the king at the time, and he had killed one of the disciples... He'd already beheaded him. And 
he saw how much that got the people excited and they were cheering. So he arrested Peter and he put him in jail. But he wasn't just in jail. He was in the inner dungeon. His feet were in stocks. His hands were in stocks. He had a guard at each of his sides and a guard at the door. The prison was locked and the walls to the prison were locked. And it says that the church was praying for him. It says constant prayer was offered up to God by the church. And so if you... It says in verse 6, And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. But God just didn't set him free. He unlocked the chains. He sent angels on assignment. And he he goes in there and he gives him a, a shove and he says, wake up, come on, it's time. I've got something for you to do. He says, put your coat on. And he, and he releases his arms and, like, and there's guards on either side of him at this moment. You want to know how powerful an angel is? Read this story. In verse 7 through 11, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, quickly! And his chains fell off of his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And he did so. Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and he followed them. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, or he thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and down the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And I saw this story, and I saw how the church prayed, and an angel was sent on assignment. Do you see that? So I read a fascinating story by Chuck Swindoll. He shared this testimony about a missionary that was home on furlough, and he was traveling by car from church to church. And it was raining one evening, and he was facing this long, long journey to the next place. And he asked the Lord to help him stay awake and to make it safely to the next place that he was going to minister. And um, just a few minutes later, he came upon a man on the side of the road thumbing a ride. And although he didn't rarely pick up hitchhikers, he felt sorry for the man out in the rain, and he offered him a lift. And the two of them began to visit, and the missionary was thrilled to discover that the stranger was a believer, and that they had mutual friends in the Lord's work. And time passed quickly, and they laughed and shared stories, and the fellowship was so good that the missionary hated to see dawn come and hear his new friends say that he had to go. But before saying goodbye, he said, hey, would you come in and let's stop and let's have a cup of coffee at this roadside cafe. So they went in and they had coffee and then they parted and they promised to pray for one another. But a couple minutes down the road, the missionary realized that he didn't get the man's address and he didn't get his phone number. So he turned around and went back to the cafe and there was no sign of the man. So he asked the cook if he'd seen which way the fellow had gone. And he was shocked to hear him respond, What other fellow? You came in here alone. I wondered why you ordered two cups of coffee. 
The missionary glanced at the table where the two had sat and noticed that the other cup was still full to the brim. Then he remembered that the hitchhiker had been standing in the pouring rain, but when he got into his car, he wasn't wet. You see, our prayers invite God to send angels on our behalf. And again, I ask you, what are you praying? Angels are ministers of the Lord doing his work. I love it. In Luke 22, Jesus is in the garden at that point, and he is saying, God, not my will, but your will. Is there any way that this cup can pass from me? He knew what was coming. He knew he was going to go to the cross. And he's praying, and he's asking God to strengthen him and whatever. And in Luke 22, 43, it says, an angel appears to him. So he's asking the Lord, help me. What, you know, not my will, but your will. And it says it strengthened him, him. Isn't that fascinating? I found it fascinating that Abraham prayed for his servant about finding a wife for his son. He didn't want him to marry a Canaanite woman, so he's sending his most trusted servant back to his homeland to get a wife. And listen to what Abraham says. The Lord God of, in Genesis 24, 7, the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying to your descendants, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife from there, for your son from there. And so he goes, and everything clicks into place for the whole part of that. And it just fascinated me to see that he had said, an angel will go before you and make it possible. And my favorite story of all time is King Hezekiah. And angels show up in a big way in this story. And he prays. You see, Sennacherib had been defeating country after country after country. And he comes to, to Israel and he's going to go after Israel. And he says, don't let your God deceive you thinking that he could save you. Has any other God that I've gone against saved him? No, none of them have. And your God can't save you either. And in verse 14, Hezekiah, he gets this letter and it says, he went to the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. He laid it out and he prayed and he said, oh God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heaven and the earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the word of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste to the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hand, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. And in verse 19, listen to this. Now therefore, our Lord, our God, I pray, save us from his hand. And all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God. You alone. And it came to pass that night that an angel of the Lord went out and he killed the camp of Assyrians, 185,000. And all of them turned around and went home that were left alive. And when he got back home, his sons took his life. Just crazy. 
the journey, the story, how they prayed, how they went before the Lord, and how the Lord sent out angels on assignments. God has angels that do his will. They're sent to do his bidding, and your prayers direct those assignments. It's time for us as the body of Christ to pick up the mantle of prayer with new purpose and strength. Keep those angels busy on assignment. Give them lots to do. I encourage you to begin praying for our country with new vigor, believing that as your words go out, angels go out. That they're doing something. Because they are. Your prayers might turn the tide of history. What prayer is going to touch the heart of our God? Your prayers are. Because he cares about what's on your heart and he cares about what's happening into our land. And everyone will tell you it looks impossible in our nation. Russia and Ukraine, that looks impossible. But I'm telling you that we serve a God of miracles. And God is waiting on his people to come into alignment and agreement with him. And to pray what he wants you to pray. Begin to pray what the word of God says. Let there be peace in our land. Begin to pray for our nation, for revival, for hearts to be tenderized. Begin to pray that that God would send angels to soften the hearts of people. You can't come to Christ lest he draw you. The scripture tells us that. You cannot come to him unless he draws you. And so I often ask God, tenderize hearts. Cause them to want to know you. And I've been seeing things happening because of that. Call forth open doors. Call down protection to surround them. Ask God to increase the hunger of things. Believe for our church. Let it be a center of angelic activity because of our prayers. Ask for revelation. Ask for blessing. Ask for hunger. Ask for favor in our community. Ask for the Holy Ghost boldness to come upon us as a people. Ask for prison doors in the lives of people to be opened. Do you know how many people are prisoners? So many. Do you know how many people are chained up with no hope? Ask for the removal of chains holding people captive. As for healings and signs and wonders, release miracles across our county. Release restored hope across it. Release deliverance across our county. Ask freedom that comes from the author of it all, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Set up your prayers as you send agents on assignment. Amen? Amen. Won't you stand with me? Lord, I just ask that somehow, some way, our people would begin to see the effectiveness of their prayers. that you'd cause a new boldness to arise in the hearts of us. 
that we would pray with authority that we would join all of heaven on what you're doing on the earth that we would look for and see changes I ask with boldness Lord I ask for boldness for a hundred salvations in the next month and two So I ask you to send angels on assignment for those that are near or close to choosing you. I ask, Lord, that a healing wave would fall upon us, that we would be able to touch people, that it would draw them to you, that you would cause your people to arise and shine in this hour, that they would hear your voice, And that they would hunger and thirst for you in ways they've never before done. That you would show yourself mighty and strong on their behalf. Lord, you you stirred this word in me so I know you're wanting your people to move in a new direction, in in a stronger, bolder direction. So I ask you, Lord, as this congregation stands before you today, I say use us, Lord. Use us to create the kingdom of heaven on earth. Let bit by bit of it be established. Let its roots go deep down. Let the eyes of the blind be opened. Let ears be unstopped. God, use us as your children. Anoint us for the tasks at hand. We just receive that this morning. We receive your anointing to step into greater and greater areas of victory. And we just give you praise and glory and honor for who you are. And I thank you for all the ways that you've protected us. All the angels that have come on our behalf throughout the years that we're not even aware of. Thank you, Lord, that you have sent them. And I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in his grace today. Hallelujah.